we'll get it rolling. Welcome to the first episode for anyone tuning in. This is the Young Entrepreneurs Network, YEN podcast. Um, Dwayne was the first ever speaker at the YEN events. Came from the very beginning, we're now eight events in. Um, the journey started back on what, December 17th was the pre-launch. Then the first event was like January 22nd. So this is going to be a series that's going to be rolling based on the speakers that we get involved into the YEN events. And basically how the structure is going to run, it's going to be a series of about 10 questions. There's not going to be any time constraint. It's going to be questions that are going to consist of professional aspect, personal aspect, and just some weird and wacky kind of questions that I don't think any professional footballer, speaker, or anything like that would ever be asked. And just to bring out a different side to the guest, if you'd like to introduce yourself, Dwayne. Hi, mate. Yeah. Um, as John just said, Dwayne Holmes, uh, I was the first speaker at the first YN uh, event. Obviously, I'm looking forward to, to doing this podcast with John. It's took him 10 minutes to do the intro, so uh, <laughs> we'll get into it. Cuss me out differently, mate. <laughs> I'm actually not alright with that, but it sounds. I need to, I need to tell Scott to edit it. He'll keep on making that bit. Right, cool. So the first question that's going to be asked is, what is one area that is outside of your profession right now that you'd be interested in getting into? Um, you know, uh, obviously I've spoke a lot about wanting more than one source of income, obviously coming to, towards the, the peak of my career. And then the, after the peak, it's all, it's all apparently downhill. So I'm, I'm trying to plan for my future in that aspect. So, um, I've been looking at different, um, different, uh, income avenues and, I've quite I've taken quite a fancy to a, a bit of farming, you know. A bit of farming? Yeah, that I'm was a bit not of what a, I expected, mate. Yeah, I'm a Yorkshire boy, obviously. So we're moving back up to Yorkshire and we're buying a as forever home and it's got a bit of land and stuff. So I'm looking at I don't know, a few sheep, a few cows, you know, see see if that sort of that was lifestyle the last gets me thing, going. That was the last thing I expected you to have with them, mate. Honestly. Like see Why? because well, quite ironic. Did you watch the community video that people made for like the for my birthday? Uh, the... No. Ty Ty from In Chat owns a farm. That's his business. So he done a yeah. his recording of him in the community video was him in dungarees and wellies with about forty cows behind him. Oh, and he's just special. see that's just mad to me. That is a mad thing. Also, I knew that you were interested in property. Um, and yeah. based on a few of the members that are now part of YN, there's a large. So, I mean, there's a large interest in property, and obviously for a good reason. Um, and funnily enough, we're actually going to be consisting of a workshop next month on property, which Blair Cole is going to be taking. So he's 19, got six years experience in property, specialises oh, in specialises in rent to buy. That's kind of like his thing, but I think they're planning on moving away from it and he had some other different strategies. So he's going to cover that on the workshop, mate, which, I mean, this is... I just... Just um, completed on my buy to let last month the people moved in. Um, Amazing, mate. Bought it in Leeds. It was a one bedroom mid terrace. Uh, did it through my financial guy and some, some um, man he knows in Leeds. And he basically told me it had a lot of potential because it had a big, large uh, loft space that they could convert into another bedroom and an ensuite. So, yeah. We went up, went um went ahead, bought it at seventy two, um, and got it valued after the people worked on it for two like six weeks. Um, got it valued again before the people moved in, and it's now up to ninety four. So amazing, isn't it? Yeah, for the first one, obviously that's exciting. Exciting, yeah, it's exciting. It's obviously we want to get obviously cracking on with the next one after this one went so well and it's just nice to obviously the first one to be a success and you can sort of take more um have more trust in it do you know what i mean yeah 100 i think when i looked at um because me and blair ran through i think it was on one of our checking calls but i kind of ran through like the actual breakdown of what they do when they're investing in a property and the amount that actually goes into it in terms of breakdowns getting trade prices in order to refurb and stuff like that, mate, it was nuts, man. It was absolutely nuts. I think I only really understood most of it because I studied accountancy, because it's on a similar layout. You've got the market value in which you're buying it at, or the pre-market value or whatever. 
uh, whatever it's called. I'm not going to act like I'm a specialist in property, to be fair, mate. That's what players going to be yeah. there for. Um, but that's exciting times, mate. You want a farm? That's going to be nuts. I know. I know. Dog's going to go crazy, mate. <laughs> oh, what can I dog have you got again? Vimarana. I'm going to act like I know. I mean, I know what your dog looks like, to be fair. Hunting, so. hunting dogs. So obviously, when yeah. we get rabbits in his fields, he's just going to be gone. <laughs> Right, cool. Quite a juicy question on the football front. What is your dream five-a-side team from Ooh. the players playing at the moment? Players playing now? Yeah, no past. Because if we've done past and present, we could be here all day, mate. Oh, I day, think... Mate. Goalkeeper. Who would I have in goal? Alisson. Yeah. Alisson for me in goal. Um, Ramos, centre-back. By Ramos. Purely for his sensational haircut. I want to see him in person. <laughs> um, two midfielders. I think, obviously, you could have Messi in there. Yep. And Ronaldo in there. Mm-hmm. Who else? One more. I don't think I need any more with that. I don't need any more. <laughs> I mean, I'd be looking at, you know, Neymar, Mbappe. I want some flair. I want some flair. I'll go Neymar just, just for some flair. Get yeah. some Megs going and stuff, you know. 100%, mate. And if we went into the past, we're not going to go into the full past squad. But if there's one player that you'd want in that from the from the past in your squad, who would it be? I'd say Gerard. Gerard? Purely Growing up as a Liverpool fan, he was my <laughs> captain, so I reckon Gerard. That's a good shout, mate. That's a good shout. This question is probably a bit different, but a funky question. What is the best compliment you've ever received? Oh, I like that. Yeah. I think, I think it's when someone says that they love your energy. Cause I think that's yeah. a big thing that goes under the radar, obviously. Everyone's a bit superficial and whatever, whatever. But for someone to comment on your energy and the type of mood that you bring, I think that's a big thing. So I'd probably say that. 100%, mate. This question actually came up on, a, I think it was on Christmas Day, pulling a cracker. Me and my mum, my little sister, um, and Craig were all sitting around the table and that was what came out. And I was sitting there thinking, and Rebecca was there actually as well. And I was thinking, I just wanted to like, that's something that just never gets asked ever. That's a sensational question. Yeah. So we. Yeah, that's tremendous. In the manner in which the question was asked in the cracker was, if you could take, like, if you could take one attribute from everyone at the table, what would it be? And obviously, okay, it was in a positive yeah. manner. It was in a positive manner. So like, what everyone was saying then turned up turned into the best compliment I'd ever received, which a lot of them said that they would. A lot of them, all of them said it was the way in which my brain operated on a logical front. Where I'm yeah. able to break things down with my experience in accountancy and then now my experience in business. And just from like the gaming side of things, the way in which I problem solve and I break things down. Mate, it just, yeah. I blew my mind, mate. I was gassed for like the rest of the night, mate. Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah, 100%. Having some copper windows, mate. And I was just fucking loving it, mate. Loving life, man. I'm going to ask Brooke that question when we're done. A belter, isn't it? Sensational, yeah. This one's proper funky you've definitely never been asked this ever before unless i've asked you <laughs> if you could shrink any animal in the animal kingdom down to the size of a chihuahua and have it as a pet what animal would it be oh size of a chihuahua so they wouldn't be able to rip you to bits the way in which i've looked at it is like your it'd be like your boy they'd back the beef i think a wolf a wolf yeah. Why a wolf? I'll be honest, right? Don't judge me, but me and Brooke watched the Twilight Saga the other day. <laughs> <laughs> right? And the wolves in there are sensational. They're loyal. They're te- they work as a team. Yeah. And they're built around respect. And obviously that's, that's what life is for me. So yeah. I think to have your own little wolf that you buy, I think, will be sick. 100%, mate. Based on what you've, well, based on what you've described, that I've not watched Twilight, Twilight, mate, so that's probably why I was shocked at your answer. Some of the answers that I've had, 
Sorry, about what? Having to watch Twilight. Oh. Since I was like, I, probably when I was like a kid, mate, but I can't remember what happens in it, mate. Oh, you're not living right? It's absolutely tremendous. Can I get on to I mean, it? I mean, it's, it's very, very cringy. <laughs> Watching it back again at 26, it's very, very cringy, but it's cinematic masterpiece you're in your prime as well mate and you're just sitting watching <sighs> twilight do you know what i mean i know it's moving nuts it? mate <laughs> <laughs> you're moving nuts mate some of the answers i've had my best mate scott he said a panda and a panda just rolling about mate just a tiny wee panda i mean you'd constantly be happy wouldn't you Aye, literally mate you just would yeah i think for me if it's a if it's a pet it's, it's going to back my wee for all that i'm having a gorilla mate yeah. Just we we mini gorilla just rolling about the gaff, mate. Life would be blessed, mate. Life would be so blessed. Slamming people around like the Hulk. Literally, mate, if it still kept its superhuman strength, mate, well, I mean, it would, because I created oh, yeah, I mean, it's my, my thing, mate. So, yeah, but I think, um, I think one of the answers I've seen that blew my mind was a uh, great white shark. Have it shrunk down to that size and then having it, having it in a, what was it called? Aquarium? Like a wee... A tank? Yeah. Like a tank? A tank, yeah. You just have your own great white shark. Just chilling. Be <laughs> absolutely nuts, mate. Until it just broke out and then you'd be... Well, mate, if anyone, tiny, anyone annoyed you, just dip their hand in the tank. <laughs> right. What would be your best tip for making the world a better place? Ooh. My best tip? Um... Like if everyone if everyone applied this tip, then the world would become a better place. I think the day and age that we're in, it'd be to. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's got to be something to do with social media. I mean, the, yeah. the world that we live in now. Um, I don't think you can take everything you see it on social media at face value because yeah, you you've got to remember that it's it's what people choose for you to see out of their yeah. life and obviously most of the time it's a load of rubbish. Yeah. Like I remember when I was in my darkest days, no one would have known by looking at my social media, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's to me it it'd be to be happy with what you've got and not focus on what you see elsewhere. 100%. Don't get distracted by don't get distracted by the fake things that you see online, yeah. fake things that you see on social media. It's not worth your energy. I think even just what you're saying there is based around, you ever read the book The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson? No, I need to though. That's, that's literally, I mean, I'm only three chapters in. The first two chapters, like literally the first, I mean, probably the first paragraph of the first chapter is all about the social expectations of society into mm-hmm. which he goes into it and it's like, be admired, be smarter, be stronger, be richer, be more sexier, and crap out 12 carat gold nuggets while kissing yourself your ready spouse. That is the expectations of society in this day and age. And the sooner we get away from that, the more, or the sooner people stop focusing on that aspect and try to have this picture ready life, then life would be so much more easier, mate. And that's kind of like his philosophy. It's something that I've, I mean, in terms of not caring what people think, I ain't been around probably my mate Scott that that's when things started to change when I was growing up through school. I started to not care. So what I done to like channel that was I used to drive my mum's car, which was a Kia Rio. Got a mum like Clark mum like Clark before, right? So what I used to do, I used to blast my music in it, full blast. And gradually like as time went on, I I started not caring about the fact that people were looking at my car, looking at me and then passing judgment as people just normally would. And I started just embracing it. I'd start putting down my windows. I would start when I was sitting at traffic lights, I'd put down my windows and I'd just let the judgment pass. And the more judgment that passed, the less I cared. And then yeah. whenever I explain them, when somebody says, like, for example, Mindful Mondays that we do on a stream, you'll be like, you know, how do you not care what people think? And there's not really, I've never had a philosophy ab- about it. It's just kind of like a switch. And like Gildy and Chat said it, it's kind of like the switch where you just grow up and you realize that. Life's as long short. as you're comfortable, Aye, it don't matter. Don't I, I say this, I say this to Brooke. Like, we'll be walking somewhere, and I'll be, we could be walking through a supermarket, and I'll just do something that I know will make her feel uncomfortable because I want her to feel uncomfortable <laughs> to get over the fact that that thing makes her uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
the week I'll be walking and I'll just start shouting or start dancing in the middle of a supermarket. 100%. Are you even... it, what does it matter? You're never going to see these people again. They're, they're, their thoughts and and I think that's for me I think it's easy because obviously the profession that I'm in I get a lot of it on social media anyway mm. so for me what you know when I stream people come into my stream and people question my commitment to my job yeah. because I'm sat playing a game whereas they they wouldn't have a problem with me sitting downstairs and watching tv with my missus so these things like these are the things that when I'm thinking about not caring what people think this is what i mean by their opinion is so clouded and they don't know you so it don't it don't matter unless you know me if you know me your opinion matters but if you don't then it doesn't fortunately i think it's um i think the the perfect the exact way it was worded but if you're going to care about anyone's opinion it should be the opinion of those that know you best Mm -hmm. and i've kind of carried that with me and i think that's probably why because when I look on social media, mate, and I see the shit that you get, even look at like Tom, for example. Um, any Tom's any football, now, isn't he? yeah, yeah. Any any football, to be fair, that's gonna as soon as anything starts going a bit south, start results starts coming in, you start to realise how much football means to a fan or whatever, and they decided to take it to social media. And then, when I used to watch, when you were at Derby and I seen some of the stuff getting said about you, it riled me up, mate. And I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not you in it. <laughs> I'm not you, and I'm not like. I think it's nuts. You you just said there like how much football means to a fan. Mm-hmm. But for me, it, it means so much more to a player. hundred percent. And I know that sounds strange to say because fans love their club and love the history of their club, and they think players don't care. But if a player's failing, yeah, then that player's livelihoods at risk. Yeah. So it's not. It's for for us. It's it's. It, it means more than just, oh, you're picking up a wage. It, it means a lot more than that. You're looking after your family. You're looking after your future. You're looking after everything. And if you're not performing, it means more to the players than to the fans. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, from my opinion, anyway. No, no. 100%, mate. It's, it's our livelihoods at stake. And I get it. It's, I understand it's their club and whatever. But we we go through that with them. And we get dealt the shit hand after if you fail. Yeah. If you know what I mean. So it's the the that's that's I've never really understood the the whole players don't care and and blah 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 and but that, like I say those people's opinions that I don't know don't as long as the people that know me think I'm a good person that's all I'm bothered about. Yeah. And I think um <clears throat> I mean I could this could be something controversial this might tickle people the wrong way as well. But for me, like, I'll never invest in something emotionally um, that I can't control. Like, if I'm a, Ranger, I'm, I'm a Rangers fan in it, so if Rangers go out and lose at the weekend, that doesn't affect my mood or how I go about my day-to-day life in any sort of way, shape, or form. I'll check, yeah. I'll see the score, that is it. There's no emotion that's going to affect my day where if Rangers lost on Sunday, then my whole week's in shit. Or yeah. I'm gonna to go to social media and I'm gonna buy Jack or something. How ridiculous is that in my head? Like in my head, it's just like, yeah. why would you ever do anything like that? And for me, especially through gaming, mate, and when it comes to a positive environment that is built on constructive criticism, that actually means something. And if you take it on board, you become a better player, you become a better individual. A lot of the shit I see on Twitter is just like, it's like people. It's obviously back. It's just backseat gaming, as we would call it in the gaming world, in it. But it's like backseat watching football, dishing out what you should and should have done, and using hindsight, which hindsight's twenty twenty. So of course it's going to be. If it was that, if it was that easy, everyone would do it as well. Yeah. These are the like. I could never be able to give you sort of a, pl- a rundown play by play of what you should be doing in a game. Yeah. Or what you should be doing with your business because your field of expertise is a lot greater than mine in that aspect. So I'd never watch you play and fair enough I'd say, Oh, did you not see him on your left? <laughs> yeah. But I'd never say, Oh, you should have done this and then this and then this and then this because your brain thinks differently to me in that aspect because you that's your profession. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's easy to say things looking on and and whatever and and it even happens when 
So say I'm on the bench on a Saturday. Yeah. I'll be watching and I'll be like, oh, why didn't you just pass it inside? Yeah. But then I'll stop myself and think, well, I know that when you're on a pitch, it looks completely different to when you're 20 rows up in a stand and you can see everything and everyone. Yeah. And you're not having to think about your touch, your pass, where you're going to run after, where your opponent's coming from, where your players are moving to, where all these things are these split-second instinctive decisions. But when you're not, when you're not the person, everything goes 0.5 speed. Yep. So I can't then stand on the pitch and sit on the sideline, sorry, and, and say, well, they should have done that. They know, they know what they should have done, but obviously on the pitch, it, it happens. It's, it's too quick to then be thinking over and over and over. Vincent, it's just based on your decision-making at, at that yeah, moment. Yeah, 100%. So. No, 100%. And it's the same in, I mean... Both of which are both of which are different, of of course, uh, with when it comes to like esports or gaming or whatever you like call it. But obviously, just like cards, a game of milliseconds. When it comes to decision making in football, football is a game of milliseconds as well, and it's easy to backseat game or when you're watching a TV or when you're watching from the sidelines, easy to just kind of say what you're thinking. But hundred percent. Just uh, it's a crazy concept, mate. And I think it was when you were speaking at the event as well. I think one of the main questions I asked you was. On the topic of social media and stuff like how do you deal with that of which obviously people will see the, the the recording of you speaking at the event but if you wanted to touch on it in any sort of way i mean i've i, I did delete social media at one point because i just didn't want to put up with it whereas now i, I can sort of just if I've, i i got a comment i got a comment yesterday or today that i weren't even part of this conversation one of my old teammates had tweeted about our old team and the chairman, and someone replied saying, has he paid you to say this? You and Dwayne were battering him and tagged me in this thing, and then they were getting in this argument, and he's, they're all talking and saying their opinions, and I'm just sat there thinking, why am I even involved in this? Like, I'm yeah. not even, I didn't even like look after a certain point. Like, I read a couple of them, and I was like, what's, what's the point? Like, yeah. I've got no interest in, in it, unless it's going to make me feel better or make not even feel better make something in my life better no. and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put my time into it so my social media things the only thing that i'll probably get fully involved in now is my commitment to some charities that I work with yeah and they're the they're the topics and things that i'll read and will communicate with people on social media so i'm not as I'm not as open as I used to be because I just can't be bothered getting all these silly replies. So the thing now is I just don't read them. Yeah. I see, if I don't recognise who they're from, I just won't read it. So it's, it's simple as that. Hundred percent, man. And I think like every, I mean every every footballer, I think, so all, all got a different approach, but they all kind of meet at the same, the same kind of like norm almost where, um, it's either one extreme where you have no social media or the other side of the coin where you kinda flick through things but you know it's not it's not gonna pierce that kind of emotional wall that you have. It's not gonna yeah. make you feel like shit or whatever. It's just you're just consuming social media like everyone else does to be fair. But just not make, making sure yeah. it doesn't impact you in any sort of way. Nah, I think that's a really a really I think it's the side of things that I mean, if if any generation to be fair, I think it's probably people have our age that they're more exposed to it but i mean i sat with my gran like i think it was after you spoke to me for it might have been after tom spoke at an event i think it was the more time i was spending with you guys and then probably from a streaming aspect putting me like declan gallagher and andy Hardy and stuff like that i'm always curious about this kind of stuff and in general when i think back to when i wanted to be a footballer when i was younger being a footballer now mate like i don't know if i could do it mate you fucking nuts like that you it's too easy for everyone to share their opinion yeah yep. is the problem now the pressure's and, just and i think the thing with social media is you can see a hundred good comments but the one bad comment's the one that you'll take away from yeah from reading so it's like that's why i just don't even read them anymore yeah like, i used to have this uh, this conversation like with my mum and my mum would be like, oh, they're loving you on Twitter. 
I don't care if they're loving me on Twitter because these the people on Twitter don't pick the team. Yeah. There's a manager that picks the team. It's my performances that get me in the team. I'm not bothered what people think of me on, on Twitter, on Instagram, on whatever, because at the end of the day, it's the manager and my performance every day throughout the week that gets me in the team. So if I was just reading these comments on Holmes should be playing, Holmes does well when he comes on, da 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 then then I'm you're sort of setting yourself up for a, men, mentally that's wrong because you think you you're thinking you're doing enough when you can always do more. So yeah. it's you can't be happy with just coming on and doing well for ten minutes in at the end of a game. Yeah. When everyone's tired. You need to be able to do it for ninety five. Yeah. So it's it's sort of like a it's just a mental switch of I'm I'm going to be the one that gets me in the team and stays in the team, not because these people are all kicking off on on Twitter. What these people think on Twitter is not going to change the manager's mind. It's 100%. only you that can change the manager's mind. So that's the way I look at it now. And I've had this conversation many a time with my mum, with my missus, like not even worth reading. No, no. It's like the, I think... On social media, it's just uh, it's like the feedback loop from hell. Just like they love you when you're up, they hate you when you're down. So what's the point in even indulging in either? Because like either is going to come at some point. You know, just, you I said to... it. I said it when when we did the event. I said the best bit of advice I got as a footballer is that it's a roller coaster and you can never get too high when it's going well and never get too low when it's not because it can change. And there's yeah. always the next game. Yeah. So. People only remember your, your last game. So, if you're doing if you're doing well or you're doing poorly, there's always a chance that it'll change. So you can never be too up when it's going well and too down when it's not because it's a roller coaster and that's how it is. Hundred percent, mate. I have I have questions that I'm roughly sticking to, but there's also some kind of questions that kind of bring to mind. And I think one of them is when you're speaking about the the highs and the lows, right? First person that I, the first player that always comes to my head, I don't know why, but it's like Fernando Torres. Yes. When he was at Liverpool. Liverpool, yeah. One of the best strikers in the world. And then when he went to Chelsea, it was just, it was mental. All, all mental for me. You think it's all mental? All 100%. Yeah. 100%, because he showed glimpses at Chelsea, he showed glimpses of the player that he was at Liverpool. But I think maybe... The backlash of him leaving Liverpool because he was Liverpool's best player by a mile. Yeah. No one wanted him to go. Liverpool fans are very passionate and no doubt he would have seen some of the things that were happening. Yeah. He was getting called everything because obviously at that time Chelsea were brilliant. Yeah. They've got a lot of money. People probably thought he'd gone for the money and didn't care about the love of the game and all this. And then you don't go from... Liverpool to Chelsea for 50... I'm sure it was 50 million. You don't yeah. go to, from Liverpool to Chelsea for 50 million and be rubbish. Yeah. Like, you you can't be a, a rubbish footballer getting bought for 50 million. It's impossible. Yeah. I think, um... You're kind of witnessing it just now with, like, Timo Werner. A little bit. Yes. And, exactly. I, and I actually feel really bad for him, mate. Because I see it everywhere, mate. I see it e- the everywhere. Pressure, the pressure to perform when... When you've been bought for 50, 80, whatever mil, however many million they pay for these players, yeah. if they don't, if they don't score five in the first five games, they're considered a flop. Yeah, this is, this is truth. This is the truth, and you've got to remember they're coming from a completely different footballing culture. Yeah, because we had a German manager at Huddersfield, and he brought a German culture to Huddersfield, and everyone had to buy into it. But it was so different to anything I'd ever seen. Yeah. It was the first foreign manager I'd worked under. Like, even little things, like, these little things are normal now because British coaches are sort of seeing that it works, but sort of training at the same time as you play. No one in England did that. Yeah. And Wagner came in and we were training at three o'clock every day. Players were fuming that they were coming in at nine o'clock in the morning, doing a running session in the morning. And then you could go home, and but you had to come back for three o'clock to train on the grass. And that's just all conditioning your body to play at three. Yeah. If we played at 7.45 on a, on a Tuesday, we trained at 7.45 on a Monday night. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Like, so, 
logical. These little things, but when you're conditioned to know one thing, that's your com- that's your comfort, that's your that's your safety blanket. Yeah. So these people coming in, you're like, why are we doing this? We've never done this. Mm. We've never done this, and we've been on. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of that. So when these players come from abroad, come from a different culture, and then they get hit with the English culture, they'll be thinking the exact same. Yeah. Why are we doing this? This isn't what I normally do. Like, and it, it's exactly the same. So I feel for these players that go with big price tags and big expectations because mentally that's a lot to take on. Yeah. Before you go onto a pitch. Oh, I couldn't agree more, mate. And I think I watched the. Um, I don't know how you pronounce his name. Tushu. Chelsea manager just now. Yeah. Like, I think um seen a clip from a press conference and it was um Timo wanted to stay back at training to practice shooting. And Tushel was like, you know how to shoot. Like you know how to yeah. score. You've been doing it your whole career. So just get inside and go for a shower and you're like tomorrow's a new day. And it was like I mean, having a having a manager like that for a start, having that much belief in you, it's going to give you Brilliant. give the best yeah. re- best level of results. And it, the really, I mean, it's kind of like allowed me to kind of take a shine. I mean, I, when it comes to football, I watch football based on. I mean, it's usually if I have any sort of like relationship with a player on the field or whatever. I'd watch any of your games if they were on. If you're looking at like Tom, any anything along those lines in it. I would yeah. watch the game and take in and actually enjoy it and it's because you have like a, a level of investment in it not enough to Im- impact my emotional state of mind but enough for me to enjoy the game um yeah when it comes to like football for me i look at certain team certain players that i like from a value aspect and from how they from a level of respect as well and how they treat their play how they treat the individuals around them um like like diving as well to me is just nuts that that's even a thing like in this day and age and like i mean i i mean i could speak about football fuck it it's kind of like a football podcast mate because I, I do have a love for football but i mean i we'll dip back into another question then because we could literally sit here all night mate and then yeah. the first episode will be like three years long <laughs> what is i mean funnily enough my actual next question is on a football term but it does relate to i mean actually I'll right, we'll go away from this one then. What is your biggest success at the moment? Ooh. I think my biggest success is that I'm marrying the love of my life next year. After the year that we had last year, myself, mentally and physically. Yeah. Um, come through that and get to the other side and obviously buying us forever home and, and getting married is um that's so heartwarming mate. That's all that, matters. Yeah. that is so heartwarming mate I said the same thing I did um I did an interview with the athletic about mental health um and he asked me um if you could tell yourself because it's it was basically a year after what I'd been through had, had read its head, and it was a year after what, like a year on. And um, he asked me, he said, obviously looking at yourself last year to now, he said, what would you, what would you be happy with in a year from now? And I said that I want my fiance to still want to be my wife, yeah. because this time in twenty in twenty twenty that wouldn't have been the case. Yeah. So to me that's that's my biggest success, I think. Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. And it's also so I mean you would think I mean most people answering that question it'll be based on like a monetary aspect or something to do with a profession. Something like that, man. I mean I've heard you speak about it multiple times. The effect that Brook has or has had on you. Um mm-hmm. just how positive that is, mate. And how you have an actual relationship that's healthy, mate. And it's something that Yeah. I yeah. mean it's just it's I say it to her all the time, but she does she thinks I'm just winding her up, but you know <laughs> you can't win, can you? I know. Tell me about it, mate. Um 
What is the stupidest thing you've ever spent your money on? Been a few, mate, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, I think designer clothes, just pointless. Yep. I mean, not shoes. Not shoes, because I've got shoes that I, I will not wear. I'll buy them, and I won't wear them because I know that they'll never... They'll only appreciate in value. Yeah. They are actually an investment. Investment. Yeah. They are not a um just a shopping spree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well I think designer clothes, I think I once spent six hundred pounds on a on a hoodie. Yeah. It was literally just black and it had like a little designer logo there. Yeah. And then the second I bought it, I walked out the shop and I thought, I'm I actually want to take that back. Like, why have I just done that? Like yeah. Did you take it back? No. <laughs> I still got it. <laughs> I didn't have it in me to take it back. Um, Buyer's remorse and full flow. Honestly. Or... Um, I spent a lot of money on fishing stuff, but that's that's just oh, what man. I love to do in my spare time. I forgot you had a lot for fishing, you know. Yeah, I spent bought a bait boat. Yeah. So that I can get underneath trees and stuff, and that was expensive. But I mean, <laughs> that's a hobby, so you can't really. Yeah. Can you put a price on um, a hobby? No, no, you can't. It brings me happiness. So yeah. that's. I'd say probably buying bottles at a nightclub when I was younger was um, a massive waste of money. Yeah. Because it's gone like that. Isn't it? Oh, it was good at the time. Don't uh, get me wrong. I know, but it's just... oh, we had a good, we had a good night, and then you wake up in the morning and see the receipt in your wallet, and you're like, <laughs> "What?" Yeah, yeah, so probably designer clothes and alcohol. Yeah, and I think um, when it comes to fishing, for me, I mean, my granda loved loves fishing. That was like his pride and joy, man. His what pride and joy. I remember I used to. I mean, even when I was younger, I used to take me, and I was maybe like six or seven. Sitting there wondering what the fuck I was doing. Sitting just like... Sensational, mate. <laughs> I bought a truck, mate. I bought a truck yep. two months ago. I bought a 2006 Nissan Navara mm-hmm. from one of the coaching staff at Huddersfield because he didn't want a lot of money for it. And I thought it'll keep the value of my car high because I won't have to drive my car as much. And it would be perfect for fishing, taking yeah. the dog away for weekends, because we love taking the dog away. Like, you know how much we love our bloody dog. Yeah. And we love nothing more than putting him in the back and taking him to the beach or where, wherever we want to go. Yeah. And it would be perfect for that sort of thing. And it's literally on the drive now with all my fishing gear in it packed and ready because I'm going at the end of the season, which is nearly two weeks away. Yeah. It's like, to me, like, them, them sort of things you can't really put a monetary value on because I go fishing to forget the stresses of my job. So I've just been nothing but football for the last seven months. Yep. Especially in this, the weirdest season in the world. The day after we're done, I'm going fishing for four nights. So I'm, I'll go there and turn my phone off and not, not read social media, not do anything not read about football, not think about it, and I'll just be there, me in my tent, with my camping stuff and my fishing gear, yeah. like, just relaxing. So to me, I can't put a... Like, I've, don't get me wrong, I've got things that I bought just purely because it's, like, the matching or the look cool. Yeah. Like, I've got a cover that goes over a gas canister. Like, I don't need it. The <laughs> gas canister's still going to work, but it looks cool, so I thought I'm going to get it. It's yeah. not... Like to me, that's not a waste of money because it's what I do to bring myself back down and relax. So I can't really say that that that's a waste of money, if you know what I mean. I think stuff like that, like um, stuff like that, like fascinates me. And I think when you sound like a weird request, right? Nothing to do with like the podcast. See as soon as you're, as soon as that four days is done. Just record yeah. a voice note of like how you're feeling at that time. Oh like, yeah. Where you will always feel like to see what the levels of your mental clarity are at. 
and that's what something for me that I'm trying to work on so much at the moment, try to put so much focus on because streaming full time, running YEN does take a toll and I feel like I put um, a large amount of pressure on myself to like succeed in both and I'm incredibly yeah. consistent and even like the post I put up on Twitter not too long ago, 250 days straight of streaming and why what for the last I appreciate that, mate. The last three months of that 250 days was YEN alongside it. And like that that's tremendous work ethic. Operating at hundred percent is like my goal to be able to do that on a regular basis because I took three days off and it was only because I actually took a toll on my my took a toll on my body. I was f- just fucked, mate. Just exhausted. Yeah. Um and I took Friday to Monday off. And when I woke up on Monday, by the time I'd came out of the shower, because you're in that zen state of mind, by the time I'd came out of the shower, I'd worked up three solutions for problems that had been within YN or streaming or within content for the last like three to four weeks, but prior to that. So like, I want to achieve that as much as possible. Because you were thinking clearly more yeah. efficiently. Yeah. Like, I, I can tell even just now, mate, like, I mean, or even thinking back to what I was doing, so your brain just feels cloudy, mate. It feels clogged. Mm. It, feels, it feels like you're just running on fumes. So for me, I'm trying to incorporate um, meditation, tracking as a daily yeah. habit. I think that's the only way in which I can actually achieve what I'm doing at a high level of output without taking three days off it's- a week. It's incredible how many people suggest med- meditating. You ever tried it? I've never tried it, no. I think Brooks, Brooks' dad's really into it. He does it for an hour a day, every mm-hmm. day. And he says it really helps. And I, I don't know where, where or how I'd start it, but I think it's something that I'm definitely going to look into because of the amount of people that recommend it. Yep. I, I, I want to see what it's all about, you know. What I could do is, I watched a podcast with Joe Rogan and Naval Ravikant, which Naval speaks about meditation for about 20 to 30 minutes on it, and he basically explains it from start to finish, and not in a kind of way where, because the way much he speaks about it, a lot of people use it as like a status indicator nowadays, or you meditate, mm. or that's like, and it's kind of like a, a lot of what people do nowadays, like the way much he explains it is a lot of what people do nowadays is based on status you're only doing something because it gives you a high level of status and that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And the way in which he spoke about meditation is essentially like, based on what age you are, you'll have an X number of emails that you need to work through in your brain. And as you're meditating, you're bringing each email to the surface, you're reading it, and then you're accepting it, and you're processing it, and it's gone. So you're bringing everything to the surface that I mean, when I first started meditating, mate, I had shit from, like, school when I was, like, 15, where I got told to stand up in front of the whole class and repeat what my teacher had said for the last minute, and I didn't know. It doesn't matter if I, the class laughed, and as a result of that, I think that kind of, like, had an impact on, like, a level of imposter syndrome for me, because that was the reason why I looked into it. Because I used to give mm. people advice or guidance or whatever through Mindful Mondays, and I'd go, but I'm only 21, by the way. As if, like, that meant anything to, like, the advice or guidance I was taking. Yeah, it, because yeah, and it was so that's what that was when I started looking at meditation because I was like, why? Because it's my subconscious. Because it wasn't until somebody told me I was saying it that I realised that I said it at the end of every single time I gave a piece of guidance, mm-hmm. and I was like, try to work out why. So I looked at my subconscious. I read a book on it uh, that was called Mind Hacking by Jason So. Um, it was a great book. I think the book was kind of rushed though. There was like spell mistakes and stuff in it. It was weird, man. It was, like, a really high-quality book, but there was, like, spell mistakes in it. Could have been on purpose. Could have been. Could have been, mate. I actually never thought about that, way. Definitely could have been. But that kind of allowed me to understand my subconscious and what I had to do. And a lot of what that book was focused on was meditation. Then also in stream, yeah. like, you would have seen um, Posty within my stream. Yeah. Biggest supporter. I managed to get a call with him at one point, to which we were on the call for five hours. Um, so for anyone that doesn't know Posty as he's from the streaming side of things, uh, he's based in Florida, he has six companies across two continents, completely anonymous, his businesses are... I expected to hop on the call as naive as possible, thinking, 
I'm going to get all these business tips. Valley's going to become blessed. For five hours, we sat and spoke about self-development, how to achieve mental clarity, how to run on, how to get a high level of output every single day without having to take a full day's rest. And that was the areas which we focused on. And for him, he meditates for two hours a day every single day. And if he doesn't, there's not even any point in him turning up his day. Is the way in which he looks at it. So I realised how yeah. important it was then, but it can also give you... I mean, Naval Ravikant spoke about it in the podcast, which I'll link below as well for anyone that wants to watch. He spoke about how through meditation, he has achieved like highs, almost like highs that could have been caused by drugs. He's achieved them through meditation, through a level which he got to. But in order to get to that level where... Because meditation is the art of doing nothing. Literally nothing. Like, you just sit there and there's nothing's happening. And it brings calmness and clarity. And if you can achieve that through meditation, I think that that's where the sweet spot is in terms of managing the high level output on a regular basis. And that's why it's something that I'm trying to knuckle down on as much as possible. I've made that daily habit that I'm tracking. Um, and that podcast will explain everything on it, mate. Start off small. Five minutes, ten minutes, two minutes. You'll see what flicks through. And each time it will flick through, you'll get to a level like I had. Tell you the experience, actually. I had a time where I was meditating and I started to feel sick. Then I started to feel dizzy. So I just, I just went, I, instead of like sitting upright like I was when I was meditating, I was like, oh, I feel dead sick. And I just lay down. And I, and I just took ten minutes to lay down. And I got up and I researched it. And it supposedly means whenever so, if something that is causing you a lot of stress is lifting from you. Oh. Which I was like, this is nuts, because I thought it was something like, you know, maybe I wasn't feeling well that day, or whatever it may be. I didn't understand why. And then I went on a, an event with Isabel, which is a YM member, and I said it to her. And she said exactly what She smiled when I said it to her, and I was like, why are you smiling? She was like, yeah, it means that, like, something that has maybe been a massive weight on your shoulders is lifting. Something's passing, something negative is passing through your mind, and it's coming out the other end. So that's mental. Right. That's scary, isn't it? I know, it's just nuts, mate. Absolutely not. Um, so yeah, I'll link that below. I'll send it to you as well, mate. Neville Rather, yep. someone I've looked into massively. The guy's nuts, mate. Absolutely nuts. So I guess, uh, I mean, that's a question I kind of ran by you. What is your biggest regret, if you have any? I think... The way I look at it is without everything happening exactly how it has, I wouldn't be where I am. So, would I change things? Yes. Yep. Do I regret things? I don't think I do. So the butterfly effect in it? Like, every small thing that happens, even if you break it down in football, you know, if the right-back decides not to pass the right-bin, it passes to the centre-back. The whole game could have changed based on that one pass. And it's like exactly that. It's it's the butterfly effect of life. You could have literally just not went to the shops one day. And exactly, and I think I think that's a scary thing to think about. I th- obviously, I've I um probably going through my best patch at Derby, mm-hmm. and then I went into a tackle that I probably didn't need to go into. Yep. Five minutes into a game, on the edge of their box. For no reason, I could have just let the defender clear it, clear the ball. But I went into the tackle and I ended up breaking my leg. Yeah. And I always, I used to say, oh, I, I was, I was in a good moment. I had one year left on my contract. I was playing really well. Yeah. What would have happened if I'd not got injured? Yeah. Would I have gone? Would I have got a, a big move? Would I have done blah blah blah? But then. When I bring myself back to reality, that's it's pointless thinking about that because it didn't happen. Yeah. So what can I do to get back to how I was playing, get back to how I was feeling? Do you know what I mean? That's how I try and combat it. And I wouldn't change anything because now I'm back at my hometown club. We're buying us forever and we're getting married. Yeah. We've, we've got all these good things coming from what we've been through in the past. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't wouldn't say I regret anything now. Got you to where you are today, and exactly, it's funny yeah. when you touch on that. When I was um, when I was younger, I mean, it's pretty much I think 
it's, it's a pure, it's a thing in like Scotland where everyone always talks about a career ending injury and all that kind of stuff. When I was about probably 11 or 12, mate, just being scouted by Rangers, just being scouted by Hearts, I was actually at Hearts for six weeks on trial. Football looked like it was like going sky high, I was still incredibly young at the time. My gran was buzzing, my gran was like my manager, mate. She was like dishing about <laughs> everywhere. Um, and then my boys club team at the time asked me to go come and go to a tournament up in the air. And when I went to that tournament, obviously everything was going well, I was loving my football at the time. And I started winding up the goalkeeper. And the goalkeeper said, I'm going to break your legs. And it's like the same typical stuff you, you hear on the pitch and it, like people are going to do things. Yeah. I just laughed it off. And then there was a point in the game where I had the ball, the keeper was off his line. I was probably just further on the halfway line. It was a, it probably just, it was just a break in play. And I had a, if I shot, it most likely would have went in. But instead I decided to take on the defender and then go to a one-on-one with the goalkeeper. And I also could have passed it around the goalkeeper. I could have chipped the goalkeeper. I could have scored or just shot in general. And I took it round him, and as I took it round him, just took me out, mate, fully. And I told Ligament my knee. And I was done, mate, for like a year to a year and a half. So I was in a, a whatever you call it, a frame, a brace. Yeah. Literally, I had to get carried up and down the stairs to go for like a bath. It was the most. When I came back, mate, it was the weirdest experience of my life, mate, because I came back. I mean, I told I was I got told I was going to be fine within like a, like a couple of months, just Wesley. Um, nah, and then the I remember I, I came back and I, I went to touch football for the first time, and I just didn't feel this like my I don't know how to explain my legs and feet didn't feel the same when I was so, touching yeah. the when I was touching the ball, mate. You would understand that actually from breaking your leg. It it just and I was like, am I ever actually going to get like that feeling back or whatever? Uh, mm-hmm. And eventually, and eventually it did, mate. But nothing ever came for football for me. And it, it quickly shifted to gaming, and that's where I found my passion. Obviously, that's got me to where I am today. But when I, I used to beat myself up, mate, when I was younger, like if I just didn't go to that tournament, or if I didn't, if I just shot at the halfway line, or if I didn't take it around the keeper, I just stopped caring, mate, because it's got me to where I am now, where yeah. full time streaming, running your entrepreneurs network, surrounded by individuals of the highest quality. Life's just a blessing, mate. It's crazy. And now I'm sitting in a podcast with the main man, Dwayne Holmes, bro. Life has just peaked. <laughs> so I guess we'll round it off there then. What is your what is next for Dwayne Holmes? Ooh. What is next? Just continue being me. Try yeah. and try and stay in the same state of mind as I'm in. Look forward to whatever challenges come in my career next and try and keep my personal life as good as it is at the minute that's that's all that matters to me 100 percent, mate and that's probably if i was to put that to an answer which you would have came out with it would be something similar because you're so focused on um the internal and you're yeah. not the external and i think, I that... think that's i think that's a key a key to life i think you can only control what you can control and if you give everything to know that you're controlling everything that you can do, then whatever else will be will be. That's that's how I see life, and and I'm trying to pass this message on to Brooke because Brooke worries a lot more than me, and yeah. she's oh you're always so chilled and did it. How do you how? And it's because I say we've controlled everything that we can control. Now whatever whatever happens happens. Like yeah. that is whatever happens happens. We deal with it and we continue doing his best that's it that's as, as simple and and plain as my mind gets i think 100 million percent mate and i think i mean i've I mean, i've looked at it like tony robbins for example and tony robbins spoke on uh, it was uh an interview of some sort and he was like people major in minor things people know more about uh celebrity going in a rehab than they do they know about their own personal development same instance in football um and i think that what I took from that is that if everyone just focused on the internal, focused on themselves, the world would be a much better place. And I think that's... Oh, would it? Uh, be, oh, would it, yeah. Oh, it'd be phenomenal, mate. It'd be phenomenal. But it's what makes us different. Funny, going all the way back to social media, yeah. I've actually banned the the phrase Kardashian on my Twitter. <laughs> that is where we're at. Like, you, yeah. Like, I don't care for it. Yeah. 
like I banned the word Kardashian from to, from coming on my social media. Like I don't I don't want to read it. I don't, I'm not bothered. Doesn't surprise me. Like I'll follow him on Instagram, but that's about it. Like yeah. I'm not I don't want to read about what how many bloody roses they got on Valentine's Day. I'm not bothered. <laughs> Like the word Kardashian is actually banned on on my Twitter. I promise you. That doesn't I'll actually, surprise I'll try me. and send you a picture of it. I actually banned it year like two years ago. Doesn't surprise me, mate. It's just mental the world we live in, mate. But hopefully, like focus on you and be the best version of you you can be, and then hopefully, I'm I'm a big believer in monkey see, monkey do, and I do it every day when I'm driving. Like no. I'll drive right. I'm not I'm not the best driver, right. I will occasionally go 75 mile an hour on a motorway. I'm not going <laughs> to say I don't. But I'll never drive up someone's... I'll never drive really close up up someone's ass. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer of... If if I'm not doing it, the people... Slow, slowly but surely, you get a condition to... If they see someone doing something, people copy it. Yeah. So, like, going back to the internal thing, like, the more people that focus on themselves and other people will start taking note of it and when it becomes the in thing to do yeah then you'll gradually see things change so it's like it's for, for me it's it's a massive thing in my like i could waffle on about this for hours because oh, I'm, well, I'm like a firm believer that. in you've got to focus on what you can control control the controllables and that comes from football yeah when I was 16, the same person who told me that football's a roller coaster told me you can only control you. So if you're getting frustrated with teammates or frustrated with results or frustrated with team selection, managers, whatever, you can't control any of that. So why are you getting frustrated? Yeah. You can only control how much effort you put in every day and how hard you work to be the best version of you. Because you can't even control your performances. You can build habits to control performances. Yeah. At the, at the end of the day, every game's different. So I can't control how well I'm going to pass the ball or shoot or whatever, cross the ball. But I can control how hard I'm going to run, yeah. how much I'm going to talk, how much I'm going to encourage. These sort of things are the habits that you try and build to then set yourself up for what you want which is a good performance and it starts from the everyone sees the performance it's like the ice you've seen the, the athlete's yeah. iceberg i guess yeah the iceberg everyone sees the, the money the whatever blah 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 but they don't see the discipline the hard work the sacrifice the blah 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 and these are the things these foundations here that get you to here yeah so one game you'll perform here and everything football wise will be here but i can guarantee you yeah everything that you you can control is here as well but even when your performances is down here the stuff that you can control needs to be at the top as well yeah because every day these habits become easier the hard stuff becomes easier running becomes easier yeah. talking becomes easier your self-discipline becomes easier the more you do it the easier it gets so these things all make a massive difference in your performance at the end. Yeah, I think I mean, this is something that I could speak about forever as well, mate. Um, uh, one other thing as well that kind of rubs me that way as well when it comes to focusing on the internal and not the external, which is quite, I mean, it's one probably pretty much the flip side, but when I look at like gaming, when I look at tournament atmosphere, when I look at uh, a football atmosphere, for example. Some of the ways in which people speak to one another always baffles me, mate. Like, beyond belief, speaking to each other like they're a piece of shit. Not being constructive. Um, for me... Blame. It, Blame instead of yep. help. And yep. it and it's never been something that has ever positively impacted me in any sort of way. Like, no. ever. It's only ever negatively impacted my performance. And that's why when I built, like, my stream, for example, to give people the positive engagement that they deserve on a day-to-day -day basis and not everyone gets something as simple as what's happening to you mate how's your day been oh your day's been shit how's it been shit been shit because of this right cool so if i can offer a, an, an immediate 
maybe logical solution there and then where to make them feel better. Feel mate, kick your feet up, enjoy the stream. Just chill and relax. This is gonna be a positive atmosphere. We're not gonna be I'm not gonna be sitting here bitching about the game that I'm choosing to play. I'm not gonna be sitting here complaining about things that are going on in my life on a day-to-day -day basis. It's about creating a positive environment. People just choose not to do that, mate. They focus on the negative. They focus on what is pissing them off. They let their emotions run riot. And especially in a tournament atmosphere, especially in football, everything, mate. People just think that people somehow think that not putting kindness first. Mm -hmm. I had this conversation literally today. One yeah. was was I was in the ice bath and one player was annoyed at um, how training had gone for him. Yeah. And I think the manager had got onto him a little bit and he was he was annoyed and he was and I said to him, "What's wrong?" And he was talking about how because we lost on Saturday, he was still in a bad mood today. Yeah. And I said, obviously, the games are important. It's as livelihood. But when you get home and see your son, why would you still be thinking about what happened three days ago? Yeah. Like, you can't take this attitude home with you. Like, be angry, be frustrated at the game. But then at some point, you've got to draw a line under it and it's got to go because it's not going to help you. Yeah. And he would say, I know, but it's hard. And I said, I know it's hard because I was the same. Yeah. When I was 20, when I was 20, I hated it. Couldn't stand losing, couldn't understand how I could go from playing so well to playing so badly. But then you've got, but then I found massive help was for me once the next day, watch the game back, and then I was done with it. Yep. And I was on to the next one. So even now, I watch my clips and then that's it. Like, I don't think about the game no more. Yep. Because the next game's always the most important one. Yep. I'm trying to say that to him to help him like you can't let what happened three days ago two days ago what the manager said to you how you performed in training whatever weigh you down because you've still got to go home and be the best version of you for whoever's at your house so yeah. it can't it, it can't stay in here longer than it needs to so you need people need to find a way to take it in process it get it out Hundred percent, mate. Because it's um, it's all down to like the way in which you approach that situation. You used something that had been negative impacting your life as you were growing up, and put it in a positive manner. Put it in a in a in a almost like a a constructive. I am your mate. I'm trying to help you. Whereas mm -hmm. people choose to put things. You, for example, someone could have put that across in a very condescending way. Oh, you're just like me when I was twenty. Mm -hmm. You know, get over it, mate. I think that things get easier. But instead you approach it in a way in which was positive, it was constructive, it was a way in which was actually going to help him, and if he actually took it on board and he applied it to his life, he'd most likely be a lot happier. Whereas 100%. people in competitive atmosphere especially think that speaking to each other like a piece of shit somehow works when it just doesn't, mate. And that was mm -hmm. kind of like the foundation of what about why you in on, what about streaming on, what I'm going to continue to build everything else on, because you're building it on the values that when, <clears throat> like in business, and you you buy, especially small businesses, you buy from the person, and your values align, and you see the same things, and you value the same things, and, you, and all your values. I mean, I done a client avatar this morning with one, one uh, not this morning, last week with one of our sponsors, um, Andrea, and it was funny because I was asking her similar questions, like, you know. What is your values? And everything that she valued, weirdly enough, was exactly what I valued. Trust, respect, integrity. It was it was everything that I valued and an individual that I'd want to work with. And as soon as you surround people that surround yourself with people like minded individuals that value the same things as you, it's in a positive environment. There's nobody that's going to become cancerous to the environment. The results are going to be phenomenal, mate. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal, mate. 100%. But what I'm going to say is, though, when I get the hub sorted, when I get a podcast studio sorted in person, not just an hour, mate, we could sit and speak for hours, mate. We'll do a, oh, a bad boy session, yeah. mate. In person. Yeah, we could. Yeah. Just, yeah, we mate. need one just to spill 
we're, we're always like this. We say we're not going to chat for too long, and it's been what an hour and a half. Yeah, it's it's just what like we could go for six hours, bro. Easy, mate. Easy. So, aye, we'll round up here, and then when the hub is sorted, studio sorted, set, get some food ordered, maybe have a few oh. drinks, mate. And it'll be fuck yeah. it. Oof, be, so. be nuts, mate. So, thank you very much for everyone that's tuned in. First episode of the Entrepreneurs Networking Podcast with the man himself, Dwayne Holmes. The next episode is going to be rolling out probably over the next couple of weeks when we stack up in a few recordings. Um, for the first course podcast, mate, setting the bar high once again. Just like when you when you were the first speaker, mate, you were you set the bar so high, and from then I had to follow suit and getting some high quality individuals, mate. But I appreciate it, mate. Thank you very much for coming on. No worries, mate. And once Anytime. again, thank you for everyone that's watching. I'll see you all in the next one, alright? See you later, guys. <laughs>